Blog Talk Radio. Does anybody want the Lord to make him over? Just begin to celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord at all times, and His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Well, welcome tonight to a Word from God radio broadcast on blogtalkradio.com. I am your radio hostess this evening, Evangelist Rebecca Collier Hagler. And I want you to know tonight that God has a designed word, especially for you. Psalms 119 and 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. By keeping God's word in our heart, it keeps us living a holy life, if we obey God's word. And then Psalms 119, 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Meaning the word will illuminate our steps. As we walk towards our purpose and our destiny in Christ. Well, it brings me great joy to come before you tonight here on blogtalkradio.com and to share a word from God with you. It is always a pleasure to come into your home, or your car, or on your computer, wherever it is that you might be. And to just share a word, a fresh word from God with you. And so we, impre- we pray that you enjoy 
uh, tonight's word and that you will be blessed by the word of God on this evening. After the broadcast tonight, if you would look on the webpage for blogtalkradio.com slash a word from God, there is a button there that says follow. And I would ask that you would please push that button and it lets us know that you do follow and you do enjoy our broadcast. And I want to say thank you to all of you who uh, who have been listening and who have followed the broadcast. I want to thank you for your encouraging words and for your support and to just let you know that I love you and I thank you so much for being a part. And if you ever want to reach me, you can reach me at a word from God 3 at AOL.com. That's a word from God 3 at AOL.com. And also, I would like for you to please visit my my website. Many of you know that I'm in business for myself, and I do have a wonderful line of clothing. My company is called Lady Be Lovely Fashion, and you can find us at LadyBeLovelyFashion.net. And I carry all kind of wonderful pieces, uh, fabulous church suits, wonderful business uh, uh, wear and hats and jewelry and men's clothing, usher suits, all kinds of wonderful things. And so I pray that you will uh, go on and take a look. And again, you can reach me at a word from God 3 at AOL.com. And I, once again, I would like to say thank you for joining in and being a part of us uh, on this evening. And I want to uh, send out a special announcement that on next Sunday night, I will be having a very special guest on my show, which will be my very own pastor, Pastor Sonia Dickerson. And we're going to have her on our show, and she's going to share some wonderful things with us, as well as she has out a new CD that we are going to be playing on the show. It is an awesome Awesome CD that she recorded back in, I believe it was uh, April, and uh, live recording, uh, just all worship music. And I tell you, I listen to mine every morning, and I play it, and the power of God and the presence of God comes into my home and just permeates and fills my home. And I, I want to have her on next week to share her her uh, new CD with you. And uh, she also has out two new books that we are going to be talking about. So I would ask that you would join us next week, and I'm going to also try to give her to give us a little bit of little word because she's a powerful, awesome, anointed woman of God, and we do want to have her to just share a little something, something with you. Well, on tonight we are going to go ahead and we're going to get started, and uh, we are going to uh, share with you tonight about I am on God's mind. Hallelujah. That is the title tonight of our of our message. I am on God's mind. Many of us a lot of times we think that God doesn't care. We think that God doesn't think about us. And so I'm going to let you know tonight through the word of God how much God cares about you. How much God thinks about you. So before we um 
go into the words. We're going to have a, a little song, and then we're going to get into the word of God. Hallelujah.
Sisters, can you join in and sing it with us? Tell him how you feel. Right, if you worship, Could God ever see me? 
Now, many of us maybe even grew up feeling unloved, thinking no one cared, feeling isolated, or just maybe even feeling alone, trying to get people to see us or get them to pay attention to us by the things that we do. As children, we would sometimes act up to get our parents' attention, even if it meant getting our behind spanked. Sometimes a married spouse will cheat to get the other spouse to pay attention. Some will use drugs and sex and alcohol to numb the pain of their loneliness, all because they want somebody to pay attention to them or to take the time to think about them and let them know that they are loved or to let them know that they are cared about. Now, some people will do things for others so that they can feel appreciated or be thanked. Sometimes some people just want somebody just to, just you know, to thank them for the things that they do. It's a, it's a need for them. They they need to feel appreciated. No one wants to feel like they are invisible or not thought about. Well, tonight I have good word, uh, good news for you, and that is what you call the gospel of Jesus Christ. We call it the good news. So on tonight, let us see what God thinks about us, what how he feels about us, uh, his thoughts that he has towards us. Let's see what the word of God has to say about that tonight. So I'm going to have you turn to Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 15 and 16. That's Isaiah 49, 15 and 16. Now, um, if you don't get all of the scriptures, you can always go back in throughout the week and you can re-listen to the broadcast and you can continue to write down notes because sometimes we miss things or maybe I might go too fast or I might not cover something or maybe it was something that you didn't hear. So you can always go back in and go on, uh, get on the archives and that way you can uh, uh, get, a, get more uh, out of the message. Well, let's look at Isaiah 49, 15, and 16. And I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version on this particular passage. It says, Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. You know, I remember back in a time when I first had my oldest daughter, and uh, I, I, I even go back a little bit further than that, was back in, I grew up in Anchorage, Alaska, and we had a huge earthquake. Uh, I believe it was 1964, and it was on a Good Friday. And I remember not wanting to go with my mother shopping, but she just kept insisting and kept insisting, and I was angry about it. So, But I went. But when I went, I'm so thankful that I went with my parents because if I had been home alone, I don't know what would have happened uh, with me being home alone and the earthquake. But from that point on, because it was like an eight, almost a nine-point earthquake, I had always been afraid of earthquakes. And every time I would hear that rumble, 
uh, from the ground and, and it would begin to shake. I mean, just the very fear of God would just break out and I would eventually, I would just start to run because I became fearful and I became scared. So after I had my daughter and she was about six weeks old and she was crying and I laid her down on the bed and she fell asleep and probably no more than 15 minutes and we had an earthquake. And I, it began to, to rumble and I heard that noise and it began to shake. And the first thing I did was I ran out of the house. And and as the as I ran out, the earth stopped shaking. And then I remembered, I said, oh, my God, my baby. I had left my baby in the house by herself. And, I mean, that bothered me so much. I cried. I ran in. I got her. I I just picked her up. I held her. I loved her. And I just let her know how much I loved her. And I promised her I would never, ever leave her or forget her again. Well, we must always be assured that God has a tender affection for his church and his people. He does not ever want us to be discouraged. Some mothers do neglect their children, but God's compassion to his people infinitely exceeds those of the tenderest uh, parents' love towards their children. His setting us as a mark on his hand or a seal upon his arm denotes his ever being mindful of us. When God looks at his hands, or he looks at his arm, and and there we are uh, where we've been tattooed or, or marked or implanted into his hand. Our face, the, the, uh, our image has, is ever before him. When he looks at that, it's almost like a uh, what you might want to call a photo book for God. And in that photo book, he looks at it, and he begins to remember the times that you spent together in prayer. He remembers the time of fellowships and intimate worship worship that you had with him, remembering how you trusted him in times of emergency and how you praised and prayed your way through during those difficult times in your life. Yet with others, he looks and he sees the hurt and the pain and the anguish of the loss of a loved one, loss of resources, or maybe he sees the loneliness, the crying, the great tears of sadness. This is when he looks and he sends comfort and peace in the presence of one of his angels or one of his earthly children. Why? Because he loves you. And he thinks about you all the time. We are his heart. We are precious in his sight. We are never out of God's thoughts. I mean, never. Can you imagine being in the thought of the most high God? Constantly, he's thinking about you. He's looking at you. He's watching over you. He's protecting you. Even when times are hard and you think, that there's nobody there, God is there. His thoughts are there. His heart is there with you. His love is there with you. And then the walls, our walls represent our trials and disasters that come up in life. Also, they represent God knowing where our dwelling places are to assure us that he sees and knows our every whereabouts and what we are going through. 
we should know that God is omnipotent in our lives and we are constantly corporately and individually on his mind. God's constant thinking about us started at the very point of creation. Even at that point, see, a lot of times we think it was just Adam and Eve, but even we back then were created. And I'm going to share that with you in a minute here in the scripture, but I'm going to have you to turn to Psalms 139, verses 13 through 18. And I'm going to uh, expound on on these particular verses and uh, uh, we're going to get some clarification on how much God really loves us and how much God really thinks about us, even from the very foundation at the beginning of this world. In Psalms 139, starting at verse 13, and I'm going to be reading from the God's Word translation. Verse 13 says, You alone created my inner being. You knitted me together inside my mother. It was God and God alone, the Holy Trinity, who created us in his exact image. In Genesis 1, chapter 1 and verse 26 and 7, it says this. In verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. God wanted us to be just like him. We were something special. God loved us so much. It's it's just like when we have our children. When our children are born, people do say, oh, your daughter looks just like you. Oh, your son looks just like you. Your daughter has a lot of your attributes. She has the same smile. I noticed that my youngest daughter and I, we look quite a bit alike. And I was looking at a picture of us when one of her children uh, was uh, was being uh, dedicated back to the Lord. And I looked at her lips and I looked at my lips. And we hold our mouth the same way because she's almost the spitting image of her mother. God said, let us make man in our image. And then in verse 27 it says, so God created man in his own image In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. See, God created man and woman at the same time during creation. Remember, God knows all. He always makes provision for us, even before we can even ask. He has it all ready for us because God knows beforehand what's going to happen. And he knew that the man of mankind would one day need a help me. So what was needed for woman at that time was created in to man until the woman, the man with the womb, was to come forth and do what she was created to do, to be the giver of life. Because when God noticed that Adam, everybody else, everything else had a mate, but Adam did not. And he put Adam to sleep. And many people, uh, the scripture talks about um, that God pulled out the rib 
and then he fashioned and made woman. And in the uh, Hebrew, it talks about that word for rib actually meaning a cell, like what we talk about today, like DNA. And so he pulled, there was a woman on the inside of the man, and he took that cell or he took that rib and he fashioned that woman from the man. You see, man was made from the dirt, but the woman, she was taken from man. So God was very, very specific about what he did. He was he, he, he took a lot of time and a lot of thought in making man and making mankind and also in making womankind. So during creation, we were all created. God had a special thought about the era or the time he wanted to place each one of us in. You see, he knew us. He began to lay the foundation of our life on the day that we were created. Our purpose and our destinies were being set before us, even at creation. As time progressed, As time progressed, God would look throughout time and see what was the best time in history to place us for the purpose that we were placed here for. After God decided where we would go, he began to work on the vessel, the frame, the body that we would live live in here on earth. He then began to think about who we would be what we would look like, and so on and so forth. And he began to knit and weave and interweave our insides together. Then he placed the skeletal bone over our insides to protect the organs and the muscles and the blood vessels and the sinews. And then he formed and shaped the body, covering it with skin or flesh to protect the whole body, all while we are in our mother's womb, safely tucked away from harm's way. But you see, now, because of Satan's hatred for man, a way has been devised to remove that body from its safe haven. It's called abortion. For you see, back during the time of Moses, whenever the devil begins to feel something in the atmosphere, he begins to see heaven all excited about something, he starts getting nosy and he starts wondering what's going on. And 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 when Moses <clears throat> the uh when Moses who freed the children of Israel was born, Satan had to devise a way of getting rid of him. So what he did was he talked to Pharaoh and there was a decree made that said that we will kill all the boy babies from age zero up to two. And then when Jesus came on the scene, the same thing happened. Now there's no decree that says we're going to kill all the male uh, male children or the female children. Now it is, listen, you made a mistake. Why don't you just go have an abortion and have the baby removed? You don't need to be settled down with a baby. You're too young. You don't need to, to, to give up your life. For this baby, you can't take care of it. But even if you can't, somebody else can. See, God thinks so much about us 
Think so much about the fetus in the womb that he's there covering it and protecting it and making sure that it has a safe haven, a safe place to be in until it's time for that baby to be born. Even when no one else could see you, God's eyes were on you, watching over you. All the while in the womb, God is thinking, protecting, loving, and as I said earlier, waiting for that day. When you come to term to break forth in the world and start the journey that God has set before you. Now, how can you not praise him or give him adoration or worship him for his creation, which is you? We should be thankful unto him for his marvelous work in creating man or creating us. Great thought went into creating you. God sat and made a blueprint of you and your life. He gave us eyes to see so that we could see his beauty, see the beauty of his world, see the beauty of your children, even to see danger so that you can move away from it. He gave us ears to hear. We can hear uh, the, the beautiful songs. We can hear our children's voices. We can hear our spouse when our spouse tells us how much they love us or our mother or our father. He gave us a mouth <coughs> excuse me, to talk with. He gave us teeth to chew our food. He gave us arms to do things for ourselves where we can feed ourselves, where we can dress ourselves, where we can put our arms around each other, where we can put our arms around our children and love them and comfort them. He gave us legs to walk and to stand on. He gave us genitals for procreation to love our spouses with. He placed within us the lungs, the stomach, the heart, the brain, the nerves, the sinews, the muscles, and the blood vessels, as well as the bones to cause us to be strengthened, to cause us to stand up straight. There was so much planning and so much thought that went into creating you if God did not care, excuse me, if he did not love you, did not think about you, you would not be here. But you're here because God's mind, his thoughts were on you. Verse 14 says, I will give thanks to you because I have been so amazingly and miraculously made. In the King James it says, uh, I have been so fearfully and wonderfully made. And then it says, your works are miraculous and my soul is fully aware of this. How can you say to God, I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way you made me. But don't you know the thought and the planning that went into making you? Excuse me. Stop comparing yourself to others. Stop looking at somebody else's, how they're built or how they were made, because you think 
that they're better looking than you. Stop trying to change yourself into having a perfect body. You have the body that God gave you, and you two are, are you are to accept uh, what God has given you, and then go after your purpose and your goal in life. You see, <clears throat> many times the world sets standards that say that this is how we should look. And when we're so busy worrying about what we look like, we our minds are not on Christ. Our minds are not uh, where they should be. They're on little trivial things, you know, how I look. Um, my body isn't like that. If you feel like you're overweight, we can do things to change that. We can change by uh, changing our eating habits, or we can exercise more. There are there are healthy ways to change your your um, your body. But for the people that are going out and having all of these surgeries and and having uh, their breasts enlarged or or smaller or tucking their tummies, I mean, hey, I want to look great too, you know, but I don't have the flat stomach anymore. I'm learning how to grow old gracefully, but I am taking care of the body that God has given me. So I try not to worry about what I look like. You know, I mean, I do think I yeah, I think that we as as people, as women, as men, we do want to look our very very best. But that's not the most important thing in life. <clears throat> the important thing is going after the purpose and the goals in life that God has set before you. Jeremiah twenty nine and eleven says, "For I know the thoughts that I think towards you," saith the Lord, "thoughts of peace and not of evil." To give you an expected end. Again, God is thinking about you. When others don't like how you look, you can say, you know what? It doesn't matter because the word says I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The scripture says that God's works are miraculous. You are a bona fide miracle because you press on no matter how how hard life becomes. You have seen the prize, and you are pressing towards the prize. You are pressing towards the goal. We learned last week about the prize being the crown of life, that after we have endured some things, after we've gone through some things, that we would receive a crown of life, that our home would be in heaven forever with God. When you look at yourself and this awesome world we live in, you should be able to say, I cannot but praise him. I reverence him for his mighty works. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, God creates by making something out of nothing. Man takes what has already been made and clones it, meaning makes a copy from it. Man does it to make a name for himself. But Jesus is the name above all names. Everything is in subjection to him, even creation. We should not ever want to be something that God has not made us to be. The thought and the planning that has gone into making you the person that you are. I mean, we're telling God, Lord, you made a mistake. I don't like how you made me. I don't like 
my eyes. I don't like this. I don't like my legs. I don't like my arms. I don't like my stomach. That's not the important thing, not the vessel that you live in. What's important is that you feed your spirit man and that your spirit man grows because that's what's going back to be with God, not your body. When Jesus comes back in the rapture and um, it says the dead in Christ, uh, it says that those that have already died are going to come back with him. And then it says the dead in Christ shall rise first. And what's going to happen is that the, the, uh, the, the spirit man is going to reconnect with the body and that body is going to become a glorified body. So it's not going to matter because that glorified body is going to be a different kind of body anyway. So the body that you're living in right now, you know, no matter how it looks, no matter what you think, no matter what other people say, you push on and you do what God has called you to do. It doesn't matter about your looks or anything. We we get involved with the wrong things. <clears throat> we get involved looking at the wrong things thinking about the wrong things. Verse 15 says, My bones were not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, when I was being skillfully woven in an underground workshop. When God thought about and created you, it was done in a place so deep, so deep, so secret, that some translations call it the lower part of the earth which simply means that we were uh, secretly worked on in our mother's womb. The womb is such a secret place. But you may say, Evangelist Hagler, men can now, doctors can now plant a fertilized egg in a woman's womb. And, yes, that is true. The doctors can now plant a fertilized egg in a woman's womb. But man can't make the sperm nor the egg. It has to. It can only be fertilized with what they already have there. They can't go out and make their own sperm. They can't go out and make their own eggs. Only God can do that because, you see, no one is to get the glory but God. We are not in the creation business. That's the devil trying to come forth and, 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 and bring forth clones and, and cloning sheep. And, and, and when we start getting into the, into the works of God, we're starting to think that we are God. And we're trying to not give God his glory, but take God's glory from him. And God said he would not have that. We are not to take God's glory. And then verse 16 says, your eyes saw me when I was only a fetus. Every day of my life was recorded in your book before one of them had taken place. As I said earlier, God was thinking about God was thinking about you not only at creation, but also while you were in your mother's womb. Even before you were born, your whole life in God's book was planned out. Everything was recorded, the way your life should go, how you would look, how you would be. Everything about us has already been recorded, how our day is supposed to be. Everything is already recorded in God's book. Things were written on how we should attain all that we were purposed 
to go after. I heard Dr. Miles Monroe uh, teach several years ago uh, about this, and he shared about how even before we were just in our spiritual form, how God took us throughout our life, showed us everything about our life, took us all the way to the end, then brought us back to the beginning even before our birth so that once we were born, we could now pursue after our purpose and our destiny. And we are to walk that road that God uh, put us on. You see, our future is known by God. The Holy Spirit of God tries to lead us and guide us in the ways that we should be going. But sometimes we either get ahead of the Holy Spirit, sometimes we don't listen to the Holy Spirit, or we just ignore the Holy Spirit. And we begin to miss out on the future that God has planned for us. Many of you have a purpose in life. I say this all the time. Many of you have a purpose in life. There is something that God wants you to do. But unless you follow what the Holy Spirit tells you to do, unless you are led by the Spirit, unless you listen to the Spirit, unless you are spending time with God, you are never going to know your purpose. And you're going to walk aimlessly through life searching for something that God has already shown you that you can have. Now, if you're not saved, you're walking aimlessly anyway. You're not walking uh, in your future. You're not walking in your purpose. You're not walking uh, in the things that God has for you because you're not walking in him. You don't know him. You don't commune with him. You don't spend time with him. Your whole life is about you and what you want. But God has our life planned out for us. He has our future planned out for us. Well, you might say, Sister Becky, did God plan for my life to be bad? Because that's all I seem to have. I just seem to have trouble and heartache and pain in my life. And we're going to have some things in our life. There are some things in our life. God did not plan for us to have a bad or corrupted life, but there are things that are going to happen to us. One thing, one reason why some things are going to happen to us is because we're, maybe we're not saved. And so we're living a life without God. And then there are those of us who are saved, but maybe we've walked away from the plan of God. Maybe we've walked away from what God has told us to do, and we've turned and we've gone another way. And then there are just some things that are called trials, tribulations, and different kinds of things that we go through because we have an enemy whose name is Satan. And he does cause things to happen in our lives, things that cause us to fall back, things that cause us to lose courage, things that cause us to quit. But that is when we should turn to God all the more. His word is our direction. His word is our guidance. And his word causes us to turn from Satan and causes us to stand on the word of God. And it causes us to declare to declare 
who we are in Christ, and it causes us to take authority over the pitfalls that come in our life. You see, sometimes some bad things happen in our lives, and they come to strengthen us, to make us strong, not to weaken us, but to make us strong. So we must remember that God is with us on this journey because you are in his hands. And then verse 17 says, How precious are your thoughts concerning me, O God. How vast in number they are. If I tried to count them, they would be more of them than there are grains of sand. When I wake up, I am still with you. God's thoughts about us are beyond what we can ask or think. His thoughts about us are more valuable or more important. His thoughts show concern for our welfare and our happiness. It is a wonder to me that God would even think about us at all, seeing how we hardly ever take the time to think about him. Our thoughts come upon him only a lot of times when we are in trouble, and then we begin to ask the question, where are you, God? Where is God? But then God would ask you the question, where have you been? See, we expect a quick answer when we don't even move quickly enough to spend time with God himself. It is so important to build a relationship with Christ. It is so important to have fellowship with him on a daily basis. We cannot grow. We cannot move. We cannot be. I'm not saying that you cannot grow knowledge-wise, worldly-wise. You can grow. You can grow without God. But spiritually, you cannot grow without him. The things of God will be so foreign to you. You won't know when God is speaking to you. Many times, many of us want to put a fleece before the Lord because we're not sure if it's God speaking to us because we don't know the voice of our God. You see, the voice of our God is the word of God. The will of God is the word of God. If you know God's word, you know God's will. If you know God's word, you know God's voice. God's thoughts about us are not evil. We read that in Jeremiah 29 and 11. His thoughts about us are always good. They're always good towards us. Uh, Every morning God thinks about us, and he gives us new mercies. In Lamentations chapter 3, 22 and verse 23 in the Amplified Version, it reads like this. It is because of the Lord's mercy and loving kindness that we are not consumed because his tender compassion fail not. They are new every morning. Great and abundant is your stability and your faithfulness. When we awake every morning, our first thought should be about our Father 
And our last thought at night before we go to bed should also be about God. All during the day as we're doing whatever it is that we do, God is there constantly with us. Many of you know about the footprints and the sand, how it says when I was going through this and I was going through that, um, uh, if, when I was happy and everything was good, I saw two sets of footprints. But when things got hard and things got tough, I only saw one set of footprints. And they could not understand why was there two when everything was going good. But when things weren't going good, there was only one set. That was because the one set were not was not your footprints, but they were the footprints of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Every day, God is thinking about you. Every day, God has his eyes on you. Every day, God has his hands on you. Every day, God's thoughts are about you. Even when it's time for us to go home, God is still there with us. When those who die in the Lord, they go home, their death is peaceful because God is there. It's his precious in the sight of the Lord. It's the death of his saints. It's, it's, a, it's a going home time. It's, I mean, God is so looking forward. It's, it's, it's not so much about the death, but it's about your coming home. You're being with God. You're, you're, you're spending eternity with him. God watches over you from the time, from the very day you were uh, created to the very day you were conceived to the very day you were born to the time that you were growing until the time of your death. God is thinking about you. His hands are covering you. He he wishes that the whole time that you're away from him, he he wishes to to have fellowship with you. He wishes to to have covenant relation with you. He looks forward to the time that you and him spend together. How many of you out there have ever been in love? Ever been in love? Especially your first love. First love is always very, very special because in first love, you, you're, you're just giddy and you're happy and the two of you are just always talking and you're playing and you're tickling. You're just having fun with each other. You, you're on the phone and you talk for hours and hours and you dare each other to hang up first. You're just in love with this person. You, you can't think about anything else. But this person, some people say you can't eat and you you can't sleep because all you want to do, you just want to be with this person. You want to think about this person. Well, that's how God feels about you. He feels that same way. He loves you so much, and he wants to talk to you. He wants to to have fellowship. He he wants to spend four and five hours with you. If you've ever just spent time with God just worshiping and praising him in a time of prayer, in a time of praise, just loving on God, just you and him, nobody else in the house, just you and God. Everything else is turned off. 
the TV, the radio, the kids are at school, your husband or your wife or whoever is not at home. And it's just you and God. He thinks about you so much. It says his thoughts of you, his thoughts of you are more than the grain of sand. God's thoughts every morning is about us. Why? Because we woke up. That's the first reason why you know God is thinking about you, because he touched you with his finger of love to awake you. There's a lot of people this morning that did not awaken. It does not mean that they weren't thought about or that God didn't love them, but it was their time to go home to be with the Father. Some people went uh, uh, left here prematurely. They never knew the Lord, and they're spending the rest of their time in hell. But for those of you who God woke up this morning, you were on God's mind. You were on his mind. So when we wake up in the morning, we should honor God. We should love him. We should adore him. We should praise him for the new day, asking him to order our steps and to lead us down the right pathway. God's thoughts for us are vast and uncountable. His word says his thoughts for us are more than there are grains of sand. Now, I know many of you have been to the to to a beach sometime uh in your life, and there's just so much sand on the beach, just so much sand, but then the Word of God says that his thoughts about us are more than there is sand uh or or his his thoughts about us are more than than the grains of sand. Uh, his thoughts about us are just, they're, they're just so special. I mean, you can't even count the thoughts that God has for you every day. We're talking more than the grains of sand every day. How vast, how uncountable are God's thoughts about you. I can't even imagine that kind of love, that somebody thinks about me, loves me, has me on their mind that constantly. That shows that you are special to God. That shows that not only does he think that much about you every day, But he thinks that much about me every day. He thinks that much about your neighbor every day, your sister in the Lord, your brother in the Lord, your pastor, uh, the person that you sit next to on your job. Not only is he just caring about you and thinking about you, but he's thinking about others. What kind of God is that? That while he's thinking about me, he's thinking about you. While he's answering my prayers, while he's comforting me, he's loving you and answering your prayers. It's like we each have our own personal God, but he's just one God, but he's everywhere. He's in my house. He's in your house. 
He's in my car. He's in your car. He's in the car that's three cars ahead of you. He's in the car four or five cars behind you. He's in the Mack truck that's over on the other side of you. God is there, and he's thinking about you. So when you have God in your car and in your house, what are you doing? How are you showing God how you live? Are you fussing at the person in front of you? Are you are you impatient? Are you screaming at the people in traffic? Now, if you actually saw God sitting there, although we know God is sitting there, but if you actually saw God sitting next to you, would you really act like that? If you saw God sitting at your table, would you not, first of all, uh, uh, start your your meal off with with grace, or would you just just go ahead on and eat? If you knew that God was in your house, I mean, you actually physically saw Him in your house. Would you look at what we look at on TV, or would you listen to what we listen at on the radio, or would you uh, be on a website that you're on, knowing that God would not want us on that website? He thinks about us all the time, all the time. His thoughts are tender towards us. There's so much love, so much tenderness. We as women, a lot of times, we love being treated tenderly. We love having someone to put their arms around us. We love feeling safe and secure. That's how God thinks about us. He 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 brings safety and security uh, when He thinks about us. He brings love. He brings comfort. He brings joy. He brings peace. He brings power. He brings anointing. He brings uh, all of the benefits that go with being His child. His thoughts are tender towards us. God's thoughts for uh for us um uh, God's thought are also for our welfare and our happiness. And that is to to uh the scripture says that he will, he wishes above all things that we may prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. God wants us to be happy. He wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be wealthy. Those are his thoughts about you. When you get that creative idea about a business idea, that's God because he wants to make you wealthy. When he shares with you certain things about uh, changing your eating habits and exercising, that is why, that is because God loves you so much and he wants you to live in health because what he has for you to do we can't have sickly bodies. You may be a, 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 a minister. Maybe God wants you to minister to thousands, or maybe he just wants you to minister one-on-one to people. Or maybe God has a business for you. Or maybe there's a foundation uh, that God wants you to start. Maybe God wants you to work with children. Whatever the case might be, you got to be healthy. To do that, your mind has got to be right. You got to have a, a healthy mind. Your mind's got to be clear. You got to keep your mind clear 
That's why the older I get, I, I stay on my computer because it keeps me learning different things because I don't I, I will not allow a spirit of loss of memory or a spirit of Alzheimer's or or or, or um there's another one uh, there I go <laughs> that I can't think of at this moment but um we don't want to allow the enemy to take anything from us because we want to be able to move when God say move we want to be able to speak when God say speak we want to be able to do when God says to do. His thoughts are with us even when we're feeling lonely and hurt and sad. He said in his word, Lo, I am with you always, even until the ends of the world. We have nothing to be afraid of because God is with us. He's with us all the time. Not only does he think about us, but he's with us. He sent his precious Holy Spirit to be with us, to live within us, that whenever we need to talk, he's right there. Whenever we cry, he's right there. And the Holy Spirit will speak sweetly and softly, and he'll give you a scripture. I I know there have been times and I've been hurt there have been times when I've been in pain. There have been times when I've, I've suffered through something. And the Holy Spirit will drop a scripture into my spirit. And I can feed off of that all day long. And it revives my spirit. It revives me. And it causes me to jump up. And it causes me to begin to praise and worship God. When we allow the Holy Spirit to rest, rule, and abide within us, we can never go wrong. We can never fail. His thoughts for us are full of love. He can't wait to spend time with us. His thoughts for us are of greatness. Many of you have greatness. Many of you, there is something that God has put in you. There's something that he wants you to birth. There's something that he wants you to develop. There is greatness in you, man of God, woman of God. There is greatness in you. Don't let the devil tell you that you are nobody because God thought enough of you to put you here. You see, many of us, uh, we're here because God wants us here. And it doesn't matter how we got here. Some of us got here because our, our mother and our father were married, and we were here in whole, uh, uh, we were born through holy wedlock. Some of us, like myself, were born uh, through, uh, uh, through an unwed parent. Some are here because uh, their mother was raped. Some are here because they just decided they couldn't wait and they just had to be together and then a child came. No matter how you got here, you were supposed to be here. That is why the enemy has brought about abortion because there are so many 
babies that God had sent forth because they had greatness within them. And the devil tried the devil for some he 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 did not rip their life away from them, but some he did. We don't know what the child is that we are carrying. That child could be the doctor that finds cancer. That child could be the the one that discovers um, a cure for AIDS. It could be the one that even knows how to cure the common cold. Uh, that child could be the next president of the United States in so many years. That child could be the next first lady of this country. You don't know who you're carrying. Not only is there greatness for you, but there's greatness in that in the children that you have. And you've got to look at your children and you've got to see what your children are made of and you've got to pull that greatness out of them and begin to train them in the ways so that they'll be great. God has called many of you to greatness. Don't allow the enemy to take that away from you. And many of us, those of us who are saved, God does not look at this at us this way. But for those who are not saved, his thoughts about you are for salvation. He sent his only begotten son that whosoever would believe it on him would not perish but have everlasting life. For those of you that are not saved, God still loves you. And he thought enough about you to bring you to this place, to this earth. He has put something deep within you. But that first thing that he's put within you is he's put within you to find him. And once you find him, you can go on to the things that God has for you in this life and in this time. And that's going to end my sermon for tonight. But my last word to you is, you know what God's thoughts towards you are. How are your thoughts towards him? What do you think about God? How often do you think about God? When you think about him, do you think about him because you love him? Do you think about him because... You're just so grateful for the wonderful things that God has done in your life. As we play this song, I want you to think about the goodness of God. I want you to think about God and all the wonderful things that God has done for you. Enjoy.
time, I want y'all to help us do it. Lift your hands in this atmosphere and say, I am grateful. I am grateful for the things that you have done. Look at him and tell him, yes, I'm grateful for the victory that we won. Tell him I could go on and on. About your works. About your words. Because I'm grateful. Because I'm grateful, 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 just Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Lift your hands and say, flowing from my heart.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm grateful, I'm grateful, I'm grateful. I had asked you before we left, I asked you, what are your thoughts about God? Are you grateful to God tonight for loving you the way he does, for thinking about you the way he does, caring about you the way that he does? God is such an awesome guy. His works are marvelous. How he took the time to make us. How he put all the thought and planning into creating us. I mean, we are so special to God. So special. How we can sometimes forget him or turn our backs on him, I, I don't understand. Because I've been there. I, I've I walked away from God at one time, but I came running back. And I'm so thankful that God is a God of forgiveness, that God is a God of love. And it says that our sins, he throws them as far as the east is from the west, and our sins and iniquities, he remembers no more. And maybe you haven't had a, a strong relationship with the Lord. Maybe maybe so many things have have uh, happened in your life. Maybe you've been troubled by some things. Maybe you've faced some things that you don't want to face. Maybe you're going through some things and you're wondering and you're saying, I don't feel the Lord anywhere. I don't hear God's voice. I don't believe God's thinking about me at all. But I want you to know that God really is thinking about you right now. He's pulling at your heart. And he's saying, no matter what you've done, no matter what's happened, no matter what you're going through, I'm here for you. And I love you. And I, 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 I think about you. You're on my mind constantly. All God wants you to do is He just wants you to turn and just say yes to Him. Just say, you know, Lord, I can't carry these burdens. I can't go through this. I can't do these things on my own. Only you can help me through this, Lord. And when we give our burdens to the Lord, we take them to the Lord and we leave them there, that's exactly where they stay, with him. Tonight, if there's something that you're going through, maybe you have felt like God doesn't love you, or God hasn't been there for you, or God doesn't care, let God take away that hurt, that pain. Let him take away whatever it is that's bothering you. Give it to him. See, God's not going to take anything from you. But if you give it to him, if you give it to him, 
then he'll take it and it won't come back unless you want it to come back. You see, when I walked away from God, I was I was just so angry. I was so mad. I was so hurt. I was going through some of the biggest struggles of my life. But the whole time, I heard God wooing me, asking me, telling me to come back home. And I would sit there and I would cry because my spirit man wanted to come back. It wanted to do what it was supposed to do. But my body, I was allowing my body to be in control. I was allowing my body to 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 have the say. But eventually, I looked at my life and I assessed my life and I said, you know what? I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to be like this anymore. I, I don't want to be estranged from God. I don't want to walk away from God. But the whole time, God was loving me. And the whole time, I was in God's thoughts. The whole time. Even when when I was, I, I was living like I was, and I almost had accidents and other things that happened in my life. But God's hand was still on me. Hallelujah. And he was protecting me and watching over me and loving me. That's the kind of God we have. That is the kind of God we have. My thoughts for him now is I think about him every day. Because I'm so thankful and so grateful for what God has done in my life. I'm back on the right road. I'm, I'm walking towards, and I'm actually not walking towards my purpose, but I'm in my purpose. I'm living the life that God has told me I was going to live. I'm the woman that God has called me to be. And I'm so thankful because of what God has done in my life. And it can be the same way for you. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know if you're saved, unsaved, backslidden, but you know. You know. You know your walk with Christ. You know your stand with Christ. You know your stand. And all you have to do is admit that you're a sinner or admit that you're a backslider and you want to come back home. Being a sinner, that means that you disobey God. Sin separates man from God. Imperfect man cannot come into the presence of a perfect God. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. That's First John 1 and 8. Repent next. Repent. Be sorry for the things that you have done. Repent. It says, repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. And then the next step is salvation is available only through Jesus Christ. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. 
Hallelujah. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under the heaven given unto men whereby we must be saved. If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart the man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And tonight, if you need to receive Christ, or if you need to come back home, we're just going to pray this prayer, and I pray that you will pray it with me, and that you'll mean what you're praying. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Dear God, I confess that I am a sinner, and I am sorry. I need a Savior. I know I cannot save myself. I believe by faith that Jesus, your Son, died on the cross to be my Savior. I believe he rose from the grave to live as my Lord. I turn from my sins. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to forgive my sin and to come into my heart. I trust you as my Savior and receive you as my Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Now, if you prayed that prayer and you believed that prayer deep down within your heart, you are now saved or you are now back home as a believer again in Jesus Christ. And I want to say welcome home, my brother. Welcome home, my sister. And may the joy of the Lord always be with you. May you be blessed. Find you a good Bible teaching church in your area. If you don't know of one in your area, you can write me at a word from God 3 at aol.com and I will do whatever I can to to help you find a church in your area, one that you can go where you can learn and grow and and uh God can use you and and everything that you need will be right there for you. Well, once again, I want to say uh, thank you to each and every one who has uh, tuned in tonight to listen to our show. I want to thank our our, uh, different ones that call in to just listen to the show on their phone. You don't know how much I appreciate you. I appreciate you all so, so much to sit and listen with your hand-held phone to your ear. And and to listen to the word. I pray that you were blessed. I pray God's greatest blessings upon you. I pray that this week that great things will happen for you, man or woman of God. I pray that you will be blessed in Jesus' name. So we just thank you all. I'm uh, uh, again announcing for next Sunday night, my pastor, Pastor Sonia Dickerson from the Day Spring Family Church here in Irving, Texas, will be my special guest on next week. I pray that you tune in and listen. We are going to be featuring her new album, which is called Word of God Speaks. 
And after you hear this wonderful CD, you are going to want to go out and buy your own copy. She also has two new books that we're going to be talking about on next week. Uh, so we ask that you tune in. Let your friends know. Uh, it's going to be a time of great uh, worship. Uh, you're going to love all of the music. There's a wonderful praise and worship that's going to be on this CD. She's going to share a little bit with us. She's going to talk about uh, how God has laid certain things on her heart. Uh, just tune in with us. We just thank you. We love you. We praise you. God for each and every one of you. Uh, we thank you for tuning in to a word from God on blogtalkradio.com. I am your radio hostess, evangelist Rebecca Collier Hagler, saying thank you for joining us. May God richly bless all of your endeavors for Him. See you next week. God bless you and good night.
Go ahead. 